Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry at Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out the Living Room ATL on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. Phone back here, good deal. Keys back here. You're like, you got your keys? I do. Um, What's up, TLR? Y'all feel good? Man, um, wow, what a start to the night. I know it's like the third TLR of the semester, I think, and um, it's just like, you know, towards the end of February, and we still got a lot more gatherings to go. This feels like uh, a night of worship or something at like the end of the semester, but it's not, which is amazing, and I love it. Um, But tonight, we're kicking off this, this new series called Struggle Bus. Struggle Bus, and uh, I was thinking about this series and kind of preparing, preparing for tonight, and I started to think back to a season of my life when I had just finished my first year of college, um, so I was going into my second year of community college. I was, I was taking community college courses, really, because it was free. I did this program in high school where, like, I tutored a certain amount of hours. I maintained a certain GPA, you know. I, like, uh, showed up to school a certain percentage of the time, and they're like, we'll give you two free years of school. And I was like, done, I'm in. Um, so that's what I was doing. So I was uh, getting ready to start my second year of school. I was taking a full load of classes because I didn't really want to be in community college that much longer, you know. Um, so I was trying to get through it. I was taking a full load of courses, Uh, Meanwhile, I was also uh, working a job. I was working a job that was pretty much full-time. Like I I would sometimes work 30, 40, sometimes even over 40 hours a week. Um, I I was in a long-distance relationship, like really long distance. Like I was living in St. Louis, Missouri at the time. Uh, This girl that I was dating, Anne, who's now my wife, by the way, it worked out. Uh, She was living in uh, Clemson, South Carolina at the time. So like, oh, Clemson? Okay, go Tigers, that's cool. No love for St. Louis, whatever, I'm not offended. Don't cheer now, it's too late, too late. Um, But I was in a long distance relationship. I was living at home with my parents, so, you know, maintaining and growing that relationship, relationships with my family and friends. Oh, also, I was uh, voluntarily leading the student ministry at my church with middle and high school students. So all that to say, just like many of you, in that season of my life, there was a lot going on. Like there was a lot happening and I don't think I even realized it in the moment. But as I reflect on it, and as I look back to that season of my life, there were moments, and when I say moments, sometimes it was like hours, sometimes it was days, sometimes it was weeks, sometimes it might've even been months. But there were moments for sure where my life was completely out of rhythm. Where yes, I was getting things done, Like I was being productive, I was waking up, I was, you know, checking everything off my checklist, or at least I thought I was, but I was out of rhythm. And I started to experience a fatigue that was far more than anything just physical, right? Like it was a fatigue that went deeper than that. Really, the only way I can describe it is it was a fatigue that put me smack dab on the struggle bus. Like that's where I found myself. And at times I didn't know how to get off. At times I was like, how did I even get on? And some of you can relate. I see you nodding. Some of you are like, yo, Pastor Matt, this is why I came tonight, you know? Like, because I'm on the struggle bus. Or I feel like I just got off it and I don't want to get back on it. Or I feel like I'm about to get on it. Like I'm probably going to get on it tomorrow morning. Some of you, you spend more time on the struggle bus than you do in your own car. Let's just be real tonight. (laughs) For some of you... You should probably apply, you could apply, you could fill out an application to be like a campus shuttle bus driver because you don't just ride the shuttle bus, like you drive the shuttle bus in your life. 
and you've been driving it for years, you know what it's like when you're on the struggle bus, something just isn't right. Something just feels off and you can't always put your finger on it, but you can certainly feel it. And it's this type of fatigue that like a nap won't fix. It's the type of fatigue that a couple good nights of sleep won't even fix. It's the type of fatigue that like coffee or Red Bull or you fill in the blank with whatever your choice of caffeine is, it won't really fix. It's this type of fatigue where everything in your world just feels out of rhythm. It's like that guy who, who can't clap on beat. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's not that hard for me to act out because like this is me, you know? Like I'm that one at the concert that's like, all right, I'll just stop, you know, I'm good, I'm good. I'll just bob my head and I'm still out of rhythm, you know? It's like, it's not working out, Matt. It's like when I did the gritty two weeks ago. I was like, uh, you know, and all of you know about the gritty now. Yeah, I, I said I was never gonna do that again. Um, but that's the type of fatigue. It's like, man, everything in my life is just out of rhythm. It's out of whack. I don't know. I just feel like things are off. I can't really put my finger on it. You know, like my best friend's like, hey, what's, what's up? And you're like, I don't even really know. Something's just off. And it's not just this physical fatigue. It's deeper than that. Like it goes deep, like into your soul. Your soul feels fatigued. And your soul is the culmination of all that you are. Like your soul embodies your your body, your mind, and your will. That's what makes up your soul. And some of you are like, all right, Matt, hold on, bro. Like, you're starting to lose me. You're talking about this soul fatigue. You're getting real deep on me here. Like, chill out, you know, man. It's just part one of this series. I'm with you, but before you just, like, write me off and just think I'm, like, some, you know, super deep thinker, which I'm not, um, let me just give you a source. Like, I'm not just making this stuff up when it comes to, like, your soul being tired, soul fatigue. In fact, there's this psychologist. His name's Roy Baumeister. He's a professor of psychology at Florida State University. And he coined this term right here. Like he, he came up with this term, ego depletion. And this is what he defines it as. He says, it's a level of fatigue that goes beyond mere physical tiredness. In fact, his research, his studies show a few things. I just wanna read these. I thought these were super interesting. He said, people living in this de depleted condition report more tiredness and negative emotions. Depleted people who watch a sad movie become extra sad. Have you ever been there? He said, when facing temptation, depleted people are more likely to give in. When faced with challenges, like an especially difficult assignment at work, depleted people are more likely to fail or turn in lower quality work. The brain area that's crucial for self-control, which is known as the anterior cingulate cortex, I'm positive I didn't say that correctly, it actually experiences a slowdown in depleted people. And they, as a result, have less self-control and might do things that they wouldn't do in a normal state. And lastly, he says this, his research showed that depleted people have fewer satisfying relationships and married couples who are both depleted bicker and fight about trivial things that admittedly aren't even that big of a deal. So here's what we need to know. Like our souls at times feel fatigued and it's because our, our bodies grow tired. And you know this, like if you've ever stayed up late studying for an exam or maybe just stayed up late for fun. Some of you were like, that was me last night. Your body gets tired. Like if you don't get enough sleep, your body feels tired and you try to overcompensate with coffee or Red Bull, like we just mentioned. Or some of you, like your, your body's tired because you play every intramural sport known to man. Like you say yes to everything. For some of you, this is just a side note. I'm not sure who said this. This wasn't a quote from me. I heard this or read this somewhere at some point in my life. But did you know that no is a complete sentence? 
Like you can say no. Some of you, that's a word that you need to practice saying. No. Say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. No. Like some of you just say yes to everything. And so your bodies get tired. And you feel like the reason you say yes to everything is because you've been told, hey, in this season of your life, you better say yes to everything because you don't want to miss out on an opportunity. And so as a result, you're exhausted. Your body is physically exhausted. But our bodies don't just grow tired. No, our minds grow tired. Like we're constantly consuming so much information, right? I saw a girl uh, just today actually, and she, she's like probably five or six, and she had like three screens going at once. She literally had a laptop going here with a show on there. Then she had her tablet with like a game, and then she had a phone going with some YouTube video. She was paying attention to all three at one time, like interacting with all of them. And I was like, oh my goodness, her mind has to be so exhausted. Our phones are constantly blowing up with notifications. You've probably gotten like 13 since I started speaking. Group texts are blowing up all the time. You feel like you constantly have to be on responding to everyone. If you don't respond within like 20 minutes, they're like, you good, bro? And you're like, yes, just, you, I'm sorry, I was out on a run, you know? To-do lists just seem never ending. Feels like you can never catch up on things. Relationships in your life seem exhausting. Our minds grow tired, our bodies grow tired. But not only that, our, our wills grow tired. Like every day we make countless decisions, some small, some much bigger. What should I wear to make the best impression on this person that I'm trying to impress who I shouldn't even really be concerned with impressing? Who, who should talk about it? <laughs> Just a side note, but I'm sorry, I don't have anything more than that, that's it. Um, who should you spend time with? Who should you not spend time with? Should you call home? When's the last time you called home to check in on your family? What, what classes should you take? What should your major be? Should you pursue that career path or not? Our bodies, minds, and wills grow tired. Might I even say exhausted? We're fatigued and the culmination of all this is a tired soul. It's a seat on the struggle bus. And listen, anyone who is busy is in danger of this. It's in danger of being on the struggle bus. Anyone who's busy is in danger of experiencing soul fatigue. And here's the reality. We're all busy. Can we just agree on that? Can we just level the playing field? Some of you are like, no, I don't know if I'm that busy. You're busy. Guarantee you if I sat down with you, we start talking about your life, talking about your schedule, talking about all the things you're involved in, you're busy. And busyness isn't always a bad thing. Like, Busyness is, is just a part of life. I would say it's probably, you should be a little bit busy. Like you should be taking an initiative. You should be working hard. But busyness can quickly lead to hurriedness. And while busyness is just an outward condition, like busyness is just you saying, yeah, I'm busy. Like I've got a bunch of things going on in my life. It's like a, almost can be a status symbol in our life. Like, yeah, how are you doing, man? It's like, oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm busy, you know, just staying busy. And busyness isn't always bad. It can just describe what's going on in your world. But hurriedness is different. Hurriedness is a condition of your soul. In fact, my fear and my worry is this. When unchecked busyness translates into uncontrollable hurriedness, your soul, my soul, grows tired. It grows weary. And listen, y'all, soul fatigue, it doesn't have the same indicators as physical fatigue. And you need to know this. You have to get this. Like physical fatigue, usually your body will let you know when you're physically tired. Like you run a marathon. I've never run a marathon. I never will run a marathon. I hope to never run a marathon. But when you run a marathon, 
your body will let you know you're physically exhausted. Like you need to lay down, you need to rest for a couple of days. When you pull an all-nighter, when studying for an exam or just staying out late, you, you typically crash the next day. Your body is amazing. Your body's like a gas gauge. Like it will let you know. It will give you indicators when you're physically tired, when you need to rest, when you need to slow down, when you need to say no, when you need to cancel, when you need to call in for work, when you just need a minute. But soul fatigue is different. It's much more subtle. There's no obvious gauge for soul fatigue. Like your soul might be tired if things just bother you more. Like I'm talking about like little things. Like someone says something to you, like they're literally like, hey, good morning. And you're like, why'd you say that to me? You know, like you're just annoyed. You're struggling to make decisions, little decisions. Do I want Chick-fil-A or Chipotle? I don't know, this is so difficult, oh my goodness. Like, that might be an indicator that your soul is fatigued. I know that sounds petty, that sounds little, but it could be an indicator. Your soul may be tired if impulse desires that you have seem difficult, if not impossible to resist. Your soul might be tired if your judgment is suffering and you find yourself consistently making poor choices and your friends are like, what are you doing? Why, why'd you say that? Why didn't you do that? Your soul might be tired if you find yourself having less courage and a whole lot more fear. And you're like, you're unwilling to take even just a little bit of a risk. And your soul might be tired. You might be experiencing soul fatigue if your faith is fading. And if you feel like the distance between you and God is, is growing. And even if you come here on a Monday night with your people and like you're in your community and the band's going in and we're singing these amazing songs, you still are just like, man, I don't know. I'm here, but I'm not really here. Your soul might be fatigued. And here's the reality. Here's what I've learned in my own life and I've, I've seen it in yours too. This is true for, for everyone. The busier we become, typically, the more hurried lives we eventually begin to live. And the more hurried we are, the less space there is for God in our lives. And when we start to push God out of our lives, the more out of the rhythm our lives will begin to feel and the more fatigued our soul will ultimately become. It's a problem. The good news is that Jesus knew this would be a problem. Jesus saw this coming. It's almost as if like he's here today in 2022 and that the scriptures were like written for this present moment. Jesus knew that as human beings, we would always drift, our lives would always drift in the direction of busyness, which would then begin to translate into hurriedness and that that would become an issue, that our souls would grow weary and that we would find ourselves on the struggle bus, not even knowing how we got there, having no idea how to get off. And so Jesus spoke into this. And in the gospel of Matthew, it's recorded, Matthew chapter 11, check this out, the words of Jesus. Jesus says this, this is amazing. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus extends this amazing invitation to everyone. He says, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are tired, tired from what? Well, it could be a whole lot of things. All of you who are weary from, from work, like, man, I'm just, I'm tired of work. Like my job, I'm tired of work in life. I'm tired of work in, in relationships. He says, come to me, all you who are weary from, from academics, from school. He says, come to me, maybe all you who are weary because of the challenges and obstacles that you're experiencing in your life. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and tired because just 
life. Like, have you ever been there where you've just woken up in the morning and, and like you slept really good? You slept like 10 hours. You got to bed at like 9 p.m. And you're like, man, I just slept so good. But then you literally go to class in the morning. You go to your 9 a.m. And your friend's like, how are you? And you're like, man, I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And they're like, really? You stay up late? And you're like, no, I went to bed at 9. But you're just weary. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Any of you feel burdened? You feel like you're carrying a weight on your shoulders? Maybe it's a burden of sin in your life. And it's this addiction and you just, you don't know how to break it. Maybe it's a burden of you feeling like you constantly have to strive to do better. You have to strive to be good enough. You have to strive to make sure that you no longer go down that path in your life. Maybe it's this burden, it's this weight of injustice that you've experienced in your life or injustice that people around you have experienced or even the injustices that you see going on in our world. And you're like, man, it's just, it's, it's too much. It's heavy, it's a burden, it's a weight in your life. Or maybe it's the burden, it's a weight of, of insecurity that you feel where you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're just not confident. And it feels like this, this heavy weight that's crushing you. Or maybe it's this, this burden, it's this weight of pain in your life, of grief. You're weary and you're burdened, your soul is fatigued. But Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Jesus wants to restore what has been depleted. He wants you, he wants me to find your rhythm again. He wants you to get it back. He wants you to, to discover it for the first time. He wants you to rediscover it. As human beings, we are meant to live with rhythm in our lives. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. But he goes on, check this out. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So some of y'all are like, yo, can you explain to me this yoke thing? Like, like, what does that even mean? For a while, that was me. I was like, yoke, you know, like, what are we talking about here? I think there's two images that Jesus is using when he uses the word yoke. Number one, I think he's referring to the yoke of the law because that's exactly what it felt like and what it was to many Jews, is that they would try to follow this law, but it, the law was complicated, the law was complex, the law was detailed, the law at times was impossible to keep. And so it felt like this burden. And Jesus says, hey, 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 I've come to fulfill the law so that you no longer have to be under it. Number two, Jesus said, the yoke refers to something that was used for animals. Like it was this, this wooden tool that was used to put two ox together to have them work and till the ground because two working together would be much better than one. And this is what it looked like right here. Like literally I looked it up, at least I hope this is what Google said it looks like. Um, it's like this wooden yoke, right? And what would happen is, is they'd use this and they'd put a bigger ox, like more experienced ox on one side. And then on the other side, they'd put this smaller, less experienced ox. And together, they would work together. It kind of looked like this right here, right? Like the bigger ox on one side, ox on one side the smaller ox on the other side. And the bigger one, the one who was more experienced, the one who had more strength, would set the pace for the smaller one, for the weaker one, for the less experienced one. The bigger one would support the smaller one. 
The bigger one would provide strength for the smaller one. So literally Jesus is saying, hey, I want to do the same for you. Like, I want you to take my yoke upon you. I want you to link up with me, just like this picture, so that I can give you strength, so that I can give you direction, so that I can set the pace for your life, so that when you feel like there's no way you can keep going, I will pull you up and together we'll make it through. I love the way the message version of the Bible, it's a paraphrase of the Bible. I love the way the message version puts this verse, these same verses we just read. This is the way the message puts it. Check this out. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Keep going. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. It's amazing. As, as human beings, our lives need rhythm. And when our souls grow fatigued, we can lose our rhythm. We can, we can lose our vibe in life. But Jesus wants to help us get our rhythm back. He's constant. The writer in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, verse eight says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Meaning the rhythm of Jesus never changes. He's constant. Through every season, through every trial, through every tribulation, he sets the pace. He gives us strength. And he invites us into relationship with him. And he says, walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Come find rest. All of you who are weary and burdened, come to me and you will find rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Let me help you get your rhythm back. Your soul is at its best when you come to Jesus for rest. Now listen, there's a whole lot of places and people we can try to go to for rest. I've tried them, you've tried them, we've all tried them. And sometimes those people and places, they satisfy for like a moment. That's why we keep going back to them because it feels good in the moment and not all these things are bad, but eventually we're still tired because it's a soul fatigue. And the only one who can truly give us rest, like for real rest, refreshment, is Jesus. And so I told you a couple of weeks ago that this series, I want it to be practical, I want it to be helpful. And so I wanna make this really practical for you tonight, really practical for me tonight. I think there's some of you, myself included, who are like, but Matt, here's the deal. I hear you. Jesus gives this clear invitation. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Sign me up. But Matt, I'm on the struggle bus and it's going like 95 miles an hour and I don't know how to get off it. Better yet, Matt, I don't even know how to slow it down. Like sometimes when I come to TLR on Monday nights, it feels like it slows down for a minute. But the second I get back to my dorm or my apartment or whatever, wherever it is that you're headed, it feels like it speeds right back up. 
A couple of weeks ago, I was uh, flying, uh, and I was flying out of Hartsfield, the Atlanta airport, and it's the first time I've flown in like over a year. And, uh, you know, they got that, that, that tram, like the, the train or whatever, you know, it's amazing. And uh, you get on this train, and like nothing slows this train down. Like it's efficient. This thing goes. Nothing slows it down except one thing. And every time I'm there, this happens. And I'm always like frustrated because I'm always in a rush because I'm running late, right? I'm living a hurried life. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know? And I get there and the only thing that slows this train down is when someone puts their arm or like tries to rush on at the last minute and they block the door, right? And like the door blocks and then it opens. And then when the door opens again, three more people are like, oh, that's my, you know, and they try to go, you know? And then before you know it, you're like, no, no, no one else can come on. There's no space in here, you guys. Like, like, please stop. And then eventually like the train, you know, conductor or what, it's probably not a conductor, but whoever works like, is like, you know, can we please stop blocking the doors? Like, you know, we need to, we need to move. This train is departing for zone B or whatever, you know? And some of you are like, well, Matt, like, where are you going with this? Well, where I'm going with this is you just need something to, to slow down or block the doors of the struggle bus. You know what I think can block the doors of the struggle bus just a little bit and slow you down just a little bit to help you catch your breath? Solitude. I think solitude blocks the doors of the struggle bus. It slows it down. It may not get you off immediately, but it slows it down enough for you just to breathe and find rest. So my challenge is what would it look like for you just to say, hey, for, the, for this next week, for one week, we're not talking 30 days, we're not talking the next year, just for one week, just until next Monday night when we come back together again. What if just for one week, you said every single day this week, whenever time you wanna do it, you just spent five minutes in solitude. What does that mean? You spend five minutes in silence, just sitting with no distractions, and you spend five minutes trying to slow down and trying to be attentive to the voice of your heavenly father. Y'all, I did this earlier today. I told the team about this before the night started. I literally was up in my office and I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this. Let me just put a timer on for five minutes, put a timer on my phone for five minutes. I checked my phone three times because I thought the timer never started. It literally felt like five hours. My mind was in a battle with, oh my goodness, I probably need to text somebody. Oh, okay. I like had to fight literally. But at the end of those five minutes, I'm not making this up. I literally stepped up and said, man, I feel like I just let something go. I don't know what it was, but I feel like there was a burden that I was carrying and it's, it's lighter. Like I feel like for the first time in a while, I was still enough and silent enough for long enough to like feel God whisper into my soul. You're gonna be all right. Matt, stop worrying, you're enough. You can do this. It's, it's like this, um, I've got two little girls. I've told you about them. I don't know if I've showed you a picture of them or in a, in a, in a little, little while, so I'm gonna do it tonight. Um, these are my two girls, okay? This is uh, Willow right here. Willow is almost three and a half. Um, this is Nomi, and Nomi is eight and a half months old. And a couple weeks ago, I took both of them out on their date nights. This is us, the picture, date night with Nomi was our backyard, because she's eight months. Date night with Willow was uh, Chipotle, but she thought it was Super Rica, it was amazing. Um, and every night before they go to bed, or at least every night that I can, I go into their rooms, 
and I make sure that they're silenced. I make sure that like they're quiet, that they're calmed down, especially Willow, because at nighttime, like she gets all crazy and stuff. And I just hold them as close as I can. And I say this to them every single night. I say, Nomi or Willow, whoever's room I'm in, I say, your dad loves you. Your dad believes, believes in you. And God is using you to do great things. And I whisper it into their ear. Sometimes I whisper it two or three times, maybe even more until I feel like they really understood it. So your dad loves you. Your dad believes in you. God is using you to do great things. Why? Nomi doesn't like understand what I'm saying. I'm not even sure that Willow at this point really understands what I'm saying. It's because I want them when they get older to rehearse those words over and over and over again in their minds. That their dad loves them, that their dad believes in them and that their heavenly father is using them to do great things. And look, I'm not a perfect dad. Like half the time, I don't even have a clue what I'm doing. But if me as an imperfect father desperately wants my daughters to know some things, then here's my question to you. What does your perfect heavenly father want you to know? What is he trying to say to you? What does he wanna whisper? Normally God doesn't shout, he whispers, which means you have to be silent enough for long enough to hear his whisper. But we live hurried lives and there's so much noise and we never turn it down for more than like 10 seconds, if at all. And so we go through life and we're like, man, I don't feel God. I don't think he speaks to me. I don't think he sees me. I don't think he cares for me. And God's like knocking on the door like I would be for Willow or Nomi saying, no, 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 I got things I wanna tell you. Hold on, just give me a chance. Hey, hey, just let me come in. Hey, will you just slow down for a little bit, just for a minute. Hey, can you just put your phone aside for like three minutes? Will you just sit, hold, hold on, before you go, before you go. And what if this week we said, hey, uh-uh, the enemy thinks he has me. I'm spending five minutes, five minutes in solitude, I'm just gonna sit and I'm gonna fight to eliminate any distractions. And I'm just gonna say, God, what is it that you want me to know? Here's my guess, you guys. My guess is that by next Monday, a whole lot of you would come in this room and you'd walk in and say, Matt, it worked. I feel like I've gotten some rest for my soul. And man, I want that so badly for you, so badly for you. So let's do this, let's lean in. Here's how we're gonna close the night. We're gonna close the night a little differently. In just a minute, I'm gonna pray and the band's gonna come up and they're gonna sing this song over you. And I want you to stay seated and I want you to just soak in these words. This song, is almost exactly five minutes, which I think is not a coincidence. I think this is your opportunity right now tonight for five minutes to just sit in solitude and listen, fight to eliminate any distractions. So whatever you need to do, just say, man, I'm gonna focus. God, if there's something you want me to know tonight, let me hear it, let me receive it and give me wisdom to know what to do with it. So Heavenly Father, God, there's many of us in the room who find ourselves on the struggle bus. 
and we're not sure what to do, God. We're not sure how to slow it down. But Lord, you were clear. When you gave us the invitation, you said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. We're all a part of the all. So God, I just pray that all of us would have the courage because it is an act of courage to actually fight, to sit and eliminate distractions and say, God, we want to hear from you. Whisper into our souls, give us rest, restore what's been depleted. So God, I pray that you would do that right now, that these next few minutes, God, that you would breathe over them and that you would speak some things into the hearts of every single person in this room, every single person linked up online, every single person, God, who's gonna be listening months from now on our podcast, that God, you would breathe and that you'd restore and you'd give us rest. You're the only one who can. It's in your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you want to stay connected, follow us on Instagram at the Living Room ATL. Remember TLR fam, we love you, we're for you, and we'll see you next time.